You're listening to the Vital Goddess Podcast, where we explore an empowering and sexy reframe on midlife, menopause, and beyond. I'm your host, Diane Shepard, certified tantric and Taoist sexuality coach with a specialty in the Taoist jade egg practice. I offer a mind, body, spirit, and trauma-informed perspective on Taoist and tantric practices to help you reclaim your pleasure, heal your relationship to your sensuality, tap into the life force power of your sexual energy so that you can embody the goddess you were born to be. Are you tired of feeling like you're being put out to pasture? I have a hunch that you're just getting started. The best is yet to come. You see, from the Taoist perspective, midlife and menopause for women is called second spring. It's meant to be a rebirth, a sexual and spiritual rebirth, an initiation into the richest, most creative and sexiest chapter of a woman's life, if we choose it. And we have a lot more agency than we've been led to believe. You see, our sexual energy is not just about sex. It's the foundation of everything. Our mental and physical health, our creativity, our joy, our overall zest for life, passion, and vitality. I am so thrilled you're here. Welcome to the show. Hello there, gorgeous. Welcome back to the show. I'm always so happy, like my heart is bubbling. (laughs) So happy to have you here if you've been here before. Means the world to me that you're back again. And if you're brand new, maybe first time tuning in, I am just as thrilled to have you here. And I hope you find something here for you. Um, Yeah. And if you listen to the intro, you know, kind of get the gist, the broad stroke of my work is about really supporting women, especially women who are navigating midlife, maybe menopause and beyond this whole transition, right, that I feel, at least in the Western world, many women feel incredibly disempowered around. And I believe that a big part of that is because we have been really conditioned to be cut off from our bodies, our body's wisdom, and especially from the incredible wisdom and vitality that is available when we really tap into our sensuality and our sexuality. So my work is so based in that, really reclaiming that power from the ground up and really supporting you and doing the work to heal any blocks you have to that, right? Because we all have blocks, all of us. And this is this is work. Like I always say this is a yoga. It is. It's it's tantra, right? It's it's um a yoga practice that um really incorporates our sensuality as a key part of the practice. So in today's episode, we're going to explore pleasure. I talk about pleasure a lot. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, is perfectionism blocking your pleasure? And I want to just raise my hand here because I I experience this on a regular basis as well. I think this is an ongoing healing journey for every woman I know that, um, you know, has a bit of perfectionism in us and it can really, truly block our pleasure. So I want to break that down a little bit in terms of how I understand why that is and what we can start to do to turn it around and to really, you know, um, step into a more embodied um 
experience with our pleasure. Yeah. So this might sound kind of strange, but I really view perfectionism as a trauma response. And the first thing I want to underscore here is that if you do have a tendency to be a perfectionist, that could be a great thing, by the way. There's, you know, there's definitely a positive side to that. It's great to excel at what you do. It's really awesome to hone your craft, whatever that is, and really, you know, build your skills. I'm 100% in support of that. But what I'm talking about here is that um, style of perfectionism that I think we all know (laughs) well, where we really kind of get in our head with it and are really hard on ourselves and maybe hard on other people as well. Um, And I really feel that this is a trauma response. And again, underscore here that it is absolutely not your fault. And it totally makes sense. I really feel that it's a result of, you know, many, many generations, thousands of years of, of trauma, you know, and this can be, you know, generational trauma or just cultural trauma, the, the violent, um, oppressive kind of cultures that we've all experienced in our lifetimes, um, and our ancestors as well. It just makes sense to me that we would develop um, like this kind of obsession with being perfect at something like, okay, if I do this perfectly, you know, down to the, the T, then I'll be safe. Right. And yet the, the, uh, the finish line is always moving. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's never really, <laughs> there's never really a place where you get to exhale when we're in that mode on that treadmill. It's called a treadmill because it feels like a treadmill to me. And always like, you know, striving to be, um, I see it a lot. I have seen it a lot in myself and other women um, in my world, you know, clients, but also colleagues and, you know, women, we've been in trainings together. We, we've talked about this in depth, you know, but it's like this uh, good student narrative is another way to look at it. Like if I can just be a really, really good student, do things perfectly then I will feel valued. I will be seen. I will be loved. And can you can you feel how the the conditional love is just so built into that? And I feel that we all have you know some some dose of that in us. And then when we start to explore practices that are you know or any kind of new skill that feels like a stretch for us, that feels challenging, that feels like oh wow this is you know, this is going to stretch me. Uh, That's when that tends to come up pretty strongly. I've seen this a lot in my work as, you know, a Tantra coach, working with practices, you know, from the Taoist tradition, like the jade egg practice, anything to do with sensuality and sexuality. Of course, (laughs) of course, we're going to have these things come up. And here's the thing to, again, really understand that um, don't make yourself wrong. (laughs) It makes sense, right? Number one. And it really derails us when it comes to pleasure. It's one of the main things that can really block us from truly having that, um, you know, deeper embodied experience of pleasure and orgasm, which have to do with, you know, really um, that calm state of flow in the nervous system, but also uh, this kind of surrender, I don't mean surrender in like a give up sense, but a um, getting into a space where we can have that deeper relaxation of letting go, of getting out of our head and into our body. I know that just sounds so basic, but really, that's really what it is, that 
um, that perfectionism or that good student that one you know that part of us that wants to do it perfectly to get a gold star that's going to keep us in our head and it's going to keep us in this state of criticism self-criticism you're never going to be good enough it's never going to be perfect enough right and we you know step into the realm of sensuality with that that program running it's it's going to be something that we you know want to deal with because it's going to keep you in your head and keep you out of that um that that place I like to call it the pleasure zone where you can have that experience of like wow i I feel worthy. I feel so grateful. I feel so, I like to say, in my pleasure um, just because I exist. I didn't have to do anything to earn this. You know, um, all of the things that we've kind of been taught to believe, we, we kind of want to do the opposite. <laughs> this is the opposite bizarro world. Um, because the more we strive, like the less we're able to um really trust, right? Our bodies trust ourselves, trust pleasure enough to let go. And this can extend to, of course, trusting a lover as well, keeping in our head, being critical of ourselves. And another thing I think that's really important to to underscore here is that, see, the feminine, what we're talking about here, we're talking about pleasure, is sensual pleasure, right? Embodied pleasure is a is a portal into your unique sacred feminine essence or your inner goddess. It's one of the major portals in, maybe the major portal in, to experience, you know, your feminine essence in your body. So sensuality and pleasure, regardless of what maybe you've learned over the years, is actually sacred. It's a form of prayer. This is the feminine lens of of Tantra, right? Um and it's you know it, it's a it's a yoga path really pleasure can be a, a whole yoga path of just really exploring um, that portal in to your divinity and it's probably again opposite of what you've been told especially in um, spiritual circles <laughs> so it was definitely opposite of what I've been told and so still unpacking that right and um, yeah so when we are in that you know, um, perfectionist mode. We are in a hyper vigilant state. And in terms of, say, um, the nervous system, maybe you've heard me talk about this before, the polyvagal theory, it, it keeps us in like a fight or flight, right? Fight, flight, or fawn. And I think it's kind of um, a side of fawning, really, or people pleasing, right? It's almost maybe the uh, more aggressive cousin to fawning and people pleasing. <laughs> and again, not that those are wrong either. It's just a response that your nervous system, you know, had to a threat. And we always want to really get right with that of how genius our body is. Yeah. So say if you do find, oh yeah, I do have, you know, fawning tendencies or people pleasing tendencies, you might want to do work, you know, on on shifting that for sure. But I see a lot of shaming lately around that. And I think that actually is real detrimental because the more we shame ourselves, the more we keep ourselves in those patterns. Yeah, they just get rooted deeper. So just really realizing that, um, you know, any kind of trauma response that we feel maybe we're stuck in, maybe it is kind of maladaptive. At the time it got instilled in us, it made total sense and it kept us alive. You know, whether that was a real or imagined threat, it 
um, you know, kept us on this planet and helped us navigate whatever situation it was. So whether it is like um, a, f- a fight pattern that you have that you see yourself in a lot, um, you could see this in relationships, intimate relationships tend to, to really, <laughs> um, you know, put us face to face with these things because, you know, the intimate relationships, they're intimate. So our stuff comes up. Um, or a flight, right? Avoidance and um, ghosting and I'm out or just checking out and I'm out of here. Like those kinds of responses in the body are um, genius responses of the body to help us keep safe, you know, keep safe in um, a situation that perhaps was not safe for us at the time. And this can go way back pre-verbal when we're very, very young. Also, it can go back, you know, into generational trauma as well. So, yeah, I guess I can't underscore that enough. It's like we don't want to make ourselves wrong for, you know, having a fight or flight tendency or having a fawning tendency, but awareness of it, you know, and realizing like, yeah, feeling in it, is that maladaptive? Is that getting in the way of my pleasure now, right? And even the perfectionism, you know, the controlling and all like, can we be like, oh yeah, that made sense. Why? my nervous system responded that way and maybe even celebrate that yeah and then realize like okay yes that's true and both can be true that was a great brilliant in the moment response and now i'm safe now and now i want to dive into a deeper experience in my life and my body and my sensuality so can you see how it you know it's like a a lot of awareness around that. And um, our perfectionism, again, can serve us well, can make us a lot of money too. (laughs) So it could also exhaust us beyond. And um, it's all about, you know, really finding what is the right mm, mixture of it for you, right? Maybe there's parts of your perfectionism that you don't want to let go of. And I I totally support that. (laughs) But when it does come to, if you're applying it, in kind of an aggressive way towards yourself, towards your body, if you're putting a lot of heavy um, goal-oriented thought processes around orgasm, for example, like I am going to you know, have a G-spot orgasm and getting, it's, it's not, it's so different than having a desire and aligning with a desire. Can you feel that difference rather than, um, you know, being super goal-oriented and putting a lot of pressure on yourself to achieve something like, say, um, female ejaculation or squirting or something like that, or cervical orgasm. It I found that it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> and um, so the more work we can do on kind of gently, you know, easing up on that pressure, the pressure is what really, I think, nips it in the butt, right? Putting pressure on ourselves is one of the surest ways to to really block embodied pleasure and deeper experiences of orgasm. I found that to be true. And once I started, I'll just speak from my own experience, once I started to just work with that and ease up on that pleasure, uh, um, sorry, pressure (laughs) a little bit, noticing when my perfectionism was coming in, noticing when my good student was coming in and trying to do it perfectly. Or, you know, for me, a lot of times it was about athletics, you know, winning that race or being the best. You could see how that's all kind of this most aggressive energy that isn't necessarily bad. However, when we're um, applying it to ourselves, the feminine in all of us, 
um, really doesn't respond well to that, doesn't want to be pressured. You know, the feminine in all of us really thrives on, on approval just because of her existence. You know, um, she really kind of shrinks or um, diminishes or whatever you want to say, disappears or goes into hiding when um, we are really critical. You know, it really, it's not the way to go. And we're like being hypercritical on ourselves, on our bodies, on our orgasmic experience that really, um, really kind of dims the feminine light, makes it hard to find. So the best way to really, you know, amp up, that's not the best word, but dial up the radiance of the feminine, which is a really great path to follow if you want to have more pleasure in your life. It's interesting, right? Because pleasure is a portal and yet like really getting right with the feminine principle and how it operates also um, creates space for pleasure, right? They're both true. They're both connected. So the feminine principle of, you know, approval, approval just for your existence, like just smiling at yourself, right? We have a practice that we do in my work a lot. It's from the Taoist tradition called the inner smile practice. And that's a really lovely thing to incorporate it into your life is this kind of inner approval, this inner smile. I'll, I'll link um, a meditation for you on that if you're new to that. So you can check that out. But it's um, super simple and it's going to feel really silly the first time you do it. But um, it's one of those ways where you can just start to gently dismantle a little bit of that uh, white knuckle hold of the control and the perfectionism and the good student have to do it perfectly, right? If you could just start to just smile to yourself just because, <laughs> just because you exist, that's going to start to send signals of, you know, that safety to your nervous system where you can start to come down into that more state of flow of the nervous system called the ventral vagal state. I like to call it the pleasure zone where you can find your calm, where you can receive pleasure, more pleasure, where you can hold pleasure in your system, right? That's another thing too. When we are hypervigilant, it's really not easy to hold pleasure in your system, right? It takes kind of a relaxed, open body, a relaxed state of arousal to really have pleasure, you know, in your system where it feels good and nourishes you. I hope that makes sense. So, yeah, and we could also, you know, of course, project this out, the the perfectionism, and be super critical of our partner. My hand is raised. I've done that, still fall into that. And yet that can also, um, you know, have a, there are times that, of course, you got to keep it real. And sometimes you just have to have a little meltdown. Absolutely. And yet, if it's like habitual, if it's like really exhausting you, if it just feels like one of those loops that you're just like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm so tired of this fight that we keep having that I'm, you know, that I'm that I'm generating with this, you know, perfectionist and um, constant vigilance and the guarded and the the bracing. That's another word, right? The the bracing that comes with needing to be perfect, right? Maybe you can feel that in your body, right? Just kind of get yourself in that headspace of needing to be perfect at something. Can you feel how your body gets tense? Can you feel how you brace? That's the opposite of what we want. We want to experience more pleasure. <laughs> so, and of course that has to do with how we relate to um, our partners and, and all the humans in our lives, really. If we can come into that more relaxed flow state, 
then there's more opportunity for connection, ease, and support on our journey and all of those things. And of course, if you're in a relationship, navigating a really tough spot in your relationship, boundaries, absolutely super important. But having that agency to drop into the flow state, it's going to make it way easier for you to create boundaries that feel good, that feel strong, that feel um, sustainable, yeah, instead of the boundaries from a reactive place. So that reactivity (laughs) is is a big deal. And I think it it does come from that perfectionism too, right? There's that um, a scarcity, you know, mindset that's woven in to that. Can you feel that as well? The bracing, the scarcity of there's not enough. There's never, I'm not enough. There's not enough. I got to be perfect um, so that, you know, I can maybe get enough, but (laughs) there won't be enough. You know, then as soon as you attend, what I find to be true, and I'm in that perfectionist mode, if it's out of control, once I achieve whatever I want, whatever it is that I'm trying to be perfect at, and of course I'm not perfect at it, um, it, it doesn't really satisfy me. I'm just like, oh, okay, that wasn't really that fun. What, what was I thinking? You know. So I find the the remedy to all of this really is to you know invite in more of the feminine principle of approving, approving of ourselves. And really caring for our nervous systems, doing, you know, the the mindset work of like, yes, I am essential being, I deserve pleasure, I am worthy of pleasure, no matter what, I don't have to be perfect at pleasure, all of those things, right? There's no perfect with pleasure. And allowing ourselves to half-ass it, allowing ourselves to show up messy, you know, when you're doing something like a jade egg practice, or you're, you know, you're going to do any kind of sensuality practice, allow yourself to not be perfect and let go of the goal, right? It's almost like sensuality 101, letting go of the goal, you know, have a desire like, ooh, I want to really experience all that my body is capable of, or I want to really experience who I am, you know, is maybe a better way to say that. And yet to take away the linear, mm, Ego, ego-driven goals because it just, I find, is a real obstacle for so many women. And it does take awareness, right? And a willingness to be aware, you know? And a willingness to um, take the foot off the gas <laughs> in a way and maybe approach this part of your life differently than you would, say, say if you're a corporate lawyer and you have to be perfect in certain ways, in certain, you know, areas that you're working on and um not just one example you know definitely rock that and yet i think it's really useful to be able to toggle into a much softer space when you want to really explore your pleasure you know and your pleasure actually will support you in in those uh career moments too cuz it'll just give you a lot more resiliency right when you start to really um have the ability to drop into that flow state. It's absolutely going to support you when you are doing that, you know, more intense work. It'll make you stronger on on so many levels. That's probably a whole different podcast there. But I just wanted to riff on that a bit. Hope that's helpful. And uh, again, I'll drop a link for a little meditation for you on the inner smile if you're new to that. And of course, um, come breathe with me in the breath work. That's going to help you tremendously in in all the things we do um, to really help to nourish your nervous system and start to really experience what I'm talking about here. Because we can talk about it till the cows come home, but really, until you have that embodied experience of your own pleasure, um, you know, it's really not going to mean that much. So anyway, you take care. I will catch you next time.
Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you're resonating with what I'm sharing here on the show, I have a free offer that I think you're going to absolutely love. It's called Shakti Core Breathwork Journeys. This is a free membership. And when you sign up, you'll get instant access to a whole bunch of content on how to really use the power of your breath to get a deeper embodiment of your sacred feminine energy. So this is definitely a feminine spiritual practice. So I have a whole bunch of content for you. When you join, you can learn all about the breath and how I use it in my work to really support women in opening to more pleasure, right? Really um, coming into a space of being able to receive more pleasure, a deeper connection to sensuality, and um, how to really open and express more of your own unique beauty, your unique radiance, your light, and you get a deeper connection on how to use the breath to connect more deeply to your desires, your passion, and the full range of your emotional palette, and also your unique expression of love. So if that speaks to you, I would absolutely love to see you in there. I'm stoked to share the content with you, but even more than that, I'm really excited to guide you on live breathwork journeys, which will be happening twice a month in that space. So the link is in the show notes to sign up. I hope to see you there. And if you have a woman or women in your life that you know would benefit from what I'm sharing here on the show, please, sharing is caring. So pass it on. I would so appreciate that. All right. That's all for now. I'll catch you next time. Take care.